0: From the Department of Theater and Film at the University of Mississippi, this is Stage and Screen.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Stage and Screen. I'm your host, Katherine Stewart, and I really could not be more excited to introduce today's guests, Shelby Grady and Gavin Fields. They are both Ole Miss grads and both did our cinema minor, which you may know has now evolved into our BFA film production program. Since graduation, the two of them have formed a production company, produced a film, among many other projects, and, most recently, gotten married. Gavin and Shelby will be visiting the university March 7th and 8th to screen their film, Brutal Season, as well as to host a filmmaking workshop. We had such a wonderful conversation. I know you're going to love them, so stay tuned. Shelby, Gavin, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to visit with me today. love this. Thank you for having us. Yeah, We're I so excited it. to chat with you. Wonderful, so just to kind of get us started, if you would introduce yourselves, tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and a little bit of background uh, with with the department.
0: Yeah, um, okay, so I'm Gavin Fields and uh, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, came to Ole Miss 2010 and um, majored in theater uh, with a minor in film. It was right at the beginning of the film minor program Mm -hmm. Uh, and did a bunch of plays and short films and stuff like that um, and graduated in 2014 and with a couple other alums started a company, a video production company um, right after college, right out of college and just have been sort of doing that for Past uh, 10 years. Wow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm Shelby Grady, and I came to Ole Miss in 2011. Um, I also got a theater degree with a film minor, and um, I ended up graduating a year early in 2014. Um, And then I moved to New York to pursue acting stuff and was there for four years, um, and then moved back to Atlanta, where I'm from, to be closer to Gavin um and then we ended up during the pandemic working on this feature film Brutal Season um which just sort of brought us to where we are now and then in the last six months we've uh established a production company together called Little Cowboy so yeah and also we're married <laughs>
1: I'm excited to talk about all of that all of us. <laughs> um, so First and foremost, uh, you have this film, Brutal Season, which you are bringing to the University of Mississippi to screen and also do a workshop while you're there. Can you uh, talk about that film a little bit?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Um, so it is a screenplay. Well, I've been writing screenplays for a long time and had probably, what, three or four Mm -hmm. that I'd written. Um, And, All I, you know, I just kept writing and writing because that's all I really knew how to do as far as um, making a feature film. And then one day was just like, okay, I just need to write one where uh, that's affordable, that we can raise Mm. the money for it. And um, decided to kind of put some restraints on Mm. myself to make it affordable. So I was like, okay, it'd be cool to do a chamber drama where it's an ensemble cast. It all takes place in one room. And that should make things pretty affordable. Uh and then of course I had to put it in the 1940s and make things more expensive again. But <laughs> uh yeah, there's always that. But uh it was, it was definitely the most, you know, realistic screenplay that we could do on a shoestring mm-hmm. budget that I'd ever written. And then we had no idea uh, how to begin that journey and then Shelby kind of decided to put the producer thing on her shoulders and kind of guide our our direction now we start logistically making it happen
2: yeah so Gavin finished the script in February 2020 and then of course as we all know the world shut down in March and um you know we had sort of been like tinkering with the idea of how we would get this made but once everything really shut down and we had nothing else to do um Mm -hmm. that was when I was like I really think that we could figure this out. Like, let's just start doing some pre-production work and kind of see where it leads us. And, um, you know, here we are two and a half years later and the film is finished and it's in film festivals and hopefully, you know, signing the deal on a distribution deal very soon. So it's just, it was kind of a, um, the pandemic like weirdly offered somewhat of an opportunity for us to like Mm. really focus on which was, yeah a positive and all of the negative yeah 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 so we for
0: sure The uh, production notes like our very first production <laughs> notes because we were talking about how we'd sort of start the workshop on how we didn't really know what we were doing um and our first production notes are like a few lines that were like we'll meet every Sunday we'll figure it out <laughs> and we're shooting in November and that was it that was it <laughs> that was <awful. laughs>
2: it was like people to call and then it was like we're starting in march and we're gonna shoot in november what what else yeah, is there we yeah. don't know um
0: we got close we, we shot in december we so, did yeah yeah
1: Seems... yeah so so can you tell us a little bit about the film itself what's the just some plot storyline stuff like that
0: sure. yeah so it is a 1940s period piece um that is sort of uh inspired and and consciously you know derivative of 1940s noir films Mm -hmm. and classic American theater plays written at that time and so it takes place 1948 in Red Hook Brooklyn Um, and it's about a family um, a low-income family and their struggle to sort of make ends meet at the end of the month and then what happens when an estranged son comes home after a 12-year absence and starts sort of ruffling up some past traumas and debts and issues that the family have been you know uh, working on putting behind them for so long
2: and one of the things that Gavin sort of touched on was when he was writing it and thinking about how we could keep costs low was that it all takes place in the family's kitchen Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's sort of a like we always said that it's trying to marry theater and film like in the beginning we have this Mm -hmm. conscious opening where you can see the sound stage where we filmed, you see the you know, actors be introduced and then you land in the kitchen and you're there for the rest of the film. Um, so it's it's taking elements of a lot of different things mm-hmm. and hoping to keep the audience interested despite the fact that it's all in one room.
0: Yeah, the way it's shot and written is that at the beginning it feels like a play and it's also sort of shot. Like a teleplay where everything's in wide, and and we tried to use these continuous shots. And then as the film goes on and the plot develops, things get a lot more noiry Cinematic. and, and the, <laughs> the lighting becomes a lot more artificial looking. And shots, you know, the edits cut quicker, and it feels more like you're getting more developed and involved into a, a movie than a play as the as the plot develops.
2: Yeah, we kept saying we wanted it to start as leave it to beaver and end as like a, a murder mystery kind of thing. Double, indemnity. double indemnity yeah, yeah. that's quite an arc it, <laughs> it is we go on a big journeys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you uh you mentioned that you have several mississippians and or old miss grads maybe that you were in school with uh well while, while you were in our program uh wow. involved in the production can you talk a little bit
2: about how you involve those people and yeah definitely so there's so many actually <laughs> um one of the lead characters junior is played by Houston Settle who was also mm-hmm. a major did he get a film minor
0: yeah I and a film so.
2: minor um and he did a fantastic job um and then we had several of our crew members were from Mississippi and went yeah. to yeah. Ole Miss Garrett cool. Henderson um was in the film Oh right yeah. he got a film minor um, and,
0: and he was a camera operator, mm-hmm. um, and he works professionally now as an AC, and he does cinematography work for us a lot, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, he graduated at the same time. Mm-hmm.
2: Our, um, like, props master set decorator, he was also an old Miss grad, um, wow. and we were sort of pulling from, because our budget was so low, we were pulling from friends as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Even our, like, catering manager is a just a very close friend of ours. Um, you know, who was an old Miss grad? No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> he was a Millsap
0: he was a He's grad. He's a Millsap.
2: He's from uh, Mississippi.
0: But then, of course, you know, we've, uh, yeah, like, we touched on so much of a network that we we created down there. So, um, the set designer, decorator, and that just helped with every design element, really, it was mm-hmm. Dex Edwards. Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And, he designed the whole set. He was the person who came in and was like, okay. To make it look period appropriate you know you actually need 1930s like furniture instead of 1940s because they're poor and they wouldn't yeah. have the money to buy right. new things. things sure well, yes yeah, so he had such an incredible eye and just made our set beautiful which was so important we
0: learned a lot from him we just did. like working with him and then alan helped it a lot they mm-hmm. um, helped a lot with the script he saw the first draft and the second draft mm-hmm. and gave notes and Um, helped me sort of like challenge the things that I really like wanted to keep versus the things I couldn't really argue for and um, what other
2: our um, composer was uh, Mm -hmm. you know Jackson went from Jackson Mississippi yeah yeah Yeah, there were just there's so many Mm -hmm. Um, and we really always touch on the fact that like the film would not have been made without people from Mississippi which is awesome yeah
1: it's so exciting to hear about this too because you know this was before our current film production program which is like a really expanded version of of the cinema minor it's incredible that so much has come out of that
2: yeah yeah and it was it was cool as well we ended up shooting um in a sound stage that was part of a college in opposite Tennessee and we used a couple of their students um, as part of our crew. And it was just really exciting to see this sort of like next generation of filmmakers coming out of yeah. you know, any school. And it was exciting to think about how that's going to be reflected at OLMIS as well.
1: Yeah. So you're you're coming in to screen this film and also do a workshop. Can you talk a little bit about the workshop and about that event? Yeah. yeah.
2: So our plan is to hopefully. Uh, do kind of a crash course in the logistics side of making a movie um, mm-hmm. which isn't as you know appealing as talking about the creative process because that's really fun um, but there's so many things that we've learned through this process things that we did not know before this that would have been really helpful to know going into it um, just in terms of like things you don't think about like where to start when you feel stuck, um, mm-hmm. fundraising, like thinking about film festivals, just touching on a little bit of uh, everything on more of the like nitty gritty side of making uh-huh. it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways to get a film made mm-hmm. um, and we can only speak from our perspective, but uh, the, I think when I was a student, what I'd love to hear is how you s- just get started, you know, mm-hmm. with the logistic aspects that seem sort of impossible um, when you kind of look at it at a, on a higher level, but when you just start breaking it down with very, very simple steps, how it becomes possible. Um, so we're we're going to try and that's our guidepost, <laughs> but we'd love for it to be more of like a conversation and, yeah. you know, any, you know, any sort of questions anybody has we'd love to just talk about it and, and be more conversational with it
2: yeah it's interesting you know again with our low budget like we and we both ended up wearing so many hats mm-hmm. and I think you know something when you're in in college you often are very laser focused on one creative element of mm-hmm. you know, whatever you're trying to pursue and thinking through you know as early as you can, different skill sets that you might have and other things that you might bring to the table in order to accomplish whatever your goal is, I think is something that I would have loved to hear in college.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in addition to that, you have formed an actual production company. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. And what are some of the products that you're doing with that?
2: Yeah. So um, we established Lil Cowboy in July, um, and we were just sort of laying a lot of groundwork for a while. Um, but we do, uh, like, I just completely lost our train of thought. Do you Sorry. want to? Talk about
0: that? Yeah, sure, <laughs> we do the concept to delivery uh, video production. Um, so we do, you know, some kind of aspect work that a creative agency will do. We do copywriting, and we do. Um, yeah concept and development script writing all that stuff all the way up to uh edit and delivery and we're also really trying to incorporate our own personal projects in little cowboy Mm -hmm. as well so we are um uh we are very very early in the pre-production part of our next feature film that we want to make um And we want to just continue fostering this company as something that feels not just commercial, but Mm -hmm. kind of an umbrella for independent creative and commercial Mm -hmm. work.
2: Yeah, and on the commercial side, um, we're doing all kinds of things. Most recently, we were doing some documentary style um, work, one for Tuskegee University in Alabama as a fundraising video for a new scholarship there. We did like a diversity, equity, and inclusion training series um, for a large company. We do brand work as well. Um, It's really a little bit of everything, which keeps it really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, And yeah, like Gavin said, hopefully as we grow, it'll continue to be an umbrella for all of our creative work, not just commercial or, you know, brutal season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you
1: have any advice for aspiring filmmakers or any students who are in our BFA film production
2: program now. Oh my gosh, we have so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you go ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that we try and do and always have tried to do uh, is continuously make new things mm-hmm. um, and sort of encourage yourself to be restless about that and um, agitated about that <laughs> and embrace it a bit. Um, and so... You know, we're always trying to think of the next project and write Mm -hmm. something new or edit something new or or film something or come up with proof of concepts and don't belabor past works. You know, try to move on from them when, you know, the time is right and, you know, come to terms with the fact that you can work on something and the entire world might not see it. (laughs) And sometimes it's better to just put it out there and no one else sees it and you move on to the next thing. So, Um, I think we've learned the most from just continuously trying new things.
2: I think also like finding the joy in getting to do the thing that you love, even if it's not exactly the thing that you want to be Mm -hmm. looking at each like stepping stone as this is an opportunity for me to learn and grow and do what I love the most, even if it's for a day instead of a month, or even if it's you know, this kind of project, and I really want to be heading in this other direction, like really embracing where you are. I think that's a big one for me. And then also um, like really pushing the boundaries of what you think is possible for yourself. Um, I know at the beginning of Brutal Season, like we said, like we truly had no idea what we were doing and just continuing to move forward with the process, even knowing that we were kind of fish out of water or we would need mm-hmm. to ask for help or we'd need to ask someone like, Hey, what do we do next? How do we do that? Who do we talk to? You know, like pushing through the discomfort of not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. So
0: and knowing what you bring to the table and knowing what kind of, where you need the most help and allowing those, mm-hmm. people to, you know, allowing yourself to learn from those kinds of people mm-hmm. and being like, okay, I have this is my skill set. I can trust myself here, but I need like a huge confidant when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, how it's lit, how it's, you know, the set design or whatever. And just mm-hmm. allowing yourself to learn from them and encourage them to be creative and in, in their field.
2: Yeah. And I think too, when it comes to being on a set, like making sure to make every single person there feel like they're important, their Mm -hmm. input is, you know, valuable and valid. Um, And just, you know, treating people with respect in general, I think, you know, unfortunately, sometimes in this industry that gets kind of lost in the intensity and stress of what you're trying Mm -hmm. to do. And, um, you know, just making each person feel like their time is as valuable as it is, I think is such um, an important thing to like, carry with you as you go through.
1: And that's, that's actually something that I've heard over and over interviewing people uh, about their experiences in theater and film.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one thing I hear is you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're a jerk, nobody's gonna hire you. <laughs>
2: like, it is so true.
1: <laughs> it's just, you know, be nice, be respectful. Yeah. Yes, let's show up when you're supposed to show up. Yeah, you know. be, right, Maybe. be on time. Do what Don't say nasty things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't be rude. <laughs> it's it it's really, really simple
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, like we it
1: means we, a like, lot
0: <laughs> yeah we joke about how the fact that you know if we have a if we double our budget for the next movie we aren't going to be able to do something much bigger because we would have to just pay people more better uh because like a lot of we had a bunch of people who worked on it for free and they're people who we've worked with forever and And we owe owe them favors or they've owed us favors we did music videos for them or i will be doing music videos for them forever or whatever (sighs) you know we like build a trust that way and those are people who you know they're in your network you'll be working with them forever if they do a favor for you on this project you'll do a favor for them later Mm -hmm. and that kind of gives you the ability to okay i don't i don't know um i need a best boy that i and i don't have people in my network who's that's their skill set.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: because I'm going to, you know, I have favors being, you know, <laughs> phoned in here, I'm going to pay this person right. You yeah. know, I'm going to like yeah. really treat them well. We're going to feed them really well. We're going to pay them what they deserve um, because this is their, this is a job for them yeah. and mm-hmm. we don't want them to show show up to set miserable every day.
1: Right. Right. Um,
0: and so it's sort of like a, checks and balances that way of making sure that everyone feels like they are getting something out of it, either financially or creatively, or, you know, favors that they can
2: yeah it's order. like obviously walking that fine line where you never want to be taking advantage of someone like yeah. you want everyone there to want to be there mm-hmm. whatever that motivation is you know if it's your best friend and you're calling in a favor and they're doing it for the creative joy of it but you're not paying them you want to make sure that the project is in fact a creative joy for them yeah you know it's just like knowing why each person is there i think when you're working on something like small scale like we we were you mm-hmm. know
1: It speaks very much to the collaborative process and how many people it takes (laughs) to
2: make something happen. Yeah, it takes so, so many people. And, you know, ideally you want those people to want to work with you again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we
0: really underestimated how many people we would need. I mean, I remember at the beginning thinking, wow, like all the movies I watch, you know, a credit scroll will last Mm -hmm or five minutes there's no way ours ours will ever last that long it'll be t- t- in or 20 people and then things just build on top of each other so fast mm-hmm. and you start needing so many different hands and so many people's you know skills
2: and our casting crew is still relatively small and it was so much bigger than we yeah. initially anticipated it would be so you know you just you need so many talented people to make a project yeah right.
1: Well, and you uh, touch on this just really, just kind of as a mention, but do you have any new projects coming up that you can talk about?
2: Yeah, so we, like, as Kevin mentioned, we are in very, very early pre-production for what will be the next feature, Um, Mm -hmm. and right now we're just... It's such an interesting time to be doing this workshop because we're sort of back in the beginning phases again and like Mm -hmm. reviewing what our process was for Brutal Season because it's been a while at this point. We haven't been in pre-production in a, you know, a few years. So we
0: started it being like, how do we do this? (laughs) We are still just as lost, but, you know, now we can think about, okay, we've been here before. It's not that scary. Let's -hmm. break it down. Um, But since Brutal Season um I think since it finished there's like three and a half screenplays that I've written um and it was the same thing it was like there's one that's affordable um
2: or more affordable than the others there's one that's more <laughs> affordable than
0: and it was part of um I guess a series or something I don't know uh that includes Brutal Season. There are three screenplays that I wrote that. More
2: like a trilogy than a. Series.
0: Kind of a. Yeah, yeah, a trilogy. Thematic uh, trilogy. Thematic trilogy. <laughs> there, uh, there's, there's
2: no Brutal Season 2. No, coming. Uh, but <laughs> this is completely different.
0: It's another chamber play that's an ensemble cast, um, but it all takes place in a car. So it's a little more. Oh, there's that cute cat. Uh, it's a little more um, more challenging than it all taking place in a kitchen
2: yeah it's Gavin the way Gavin wrote it is it's sort of um all told from the perspective of the car it's kind of the mm-hmm. the okay. journey and death of a car um oh. you know how that changes with different owners um how genres might change as you have different owners interesting. Um, mm-hmm. so it's it's another like you go on a journey with it similar to Brutal Season but um you know that's kind of one of the only concrete ties to it it's just that it takes place in kind of one central area and uh you know where you start is not the same as where you finish yeah yeah (laughs) so aside
1: from um I'm sorry Gavin you were about to say something
0: well no I was just gonna say like shall we touch on it but it's at at different times of different people's lives your life can feel like a like you're in this sort of generic um Mm -hmm uh identifiers of you know you're of, in of, a genre of, yeah right so like you know at times it feels like you're coming of age or at times it feels like you're in a romance movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: feels like your life feels like a thriller at times of high anxiety right so i thought it could be interesting to see all these different kinds of people and different parts of their lives and mix genres consciously throughout the movie so it's sort of like feels like a series of shifting Mm -hmm. mini movies yeah yeah
2: that sounds fascinating (laughs) well hopefully it will turn out as fascinating as it sounds
1: (laughs) yeah so in terms of brutal season aside from your screening that you're doing um at the university next week are there other ways that people can see that film know there are some things you can't talk about but
2: yes so we are taking it to the Fargo Film Festival, if anyone's going to be very in cool. Florida, wow. March 21st through 25th. And then we turn around and go to the Phoenix Film Festival, March 30th, Great. April 2nd. It's exciting. It's really exciting. That's um, really exciting. So that's that's big for us. And then, yeah, we are, yeah, we are getting very, very close to signing a distribution deal. And um, to our understanding, once that's completed, then we'll start navigating um just strategy in terms of where it lands mm-hmm. um the distributor will start pitching it to different streaming platforms and cable and wow. um you know getting it uh, available to rent so once we have like all of those plans kind of locked into place we can update the Ole Miss community on yeah where they- please <laughs> we definitely want as many people as possible to you know see it because we've worked so hard on it yeah. that's yeah. so
1: exciting that's so yeah, exciting thanks yeah. Well, it's been wonderful um chatting with you both. Is there anything else you would like to share <laughs> with our audience? I
2: don't think so. Yeah, no. I... We're just we're very grateful to the Ole miss community and just yeah. Mississippi in general for really uh, opening a lot of doors to to be where we are now. It's it's been great. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much. Yeah, thank thank you. you once again. That was Shelby Grady and Gavin Fields, two alums of our department who have accomplished so much since they graduated. Please check the show notes for more info about their film Brutal Season, their production company Little Cowboy, and their screening and workshop at the University of Mississippi next week. Until next time, this is Stage and Screen.